everyone above the clouds where I like to keep things clear. An original podcast by Cole Riggs, a.k.a. your host, THE Mr. Blue Sky. That's my name because I say, no matter the bad weather in your life, you can always have blue skies in your mind. Today is a special episode, not only because it's our 10th one, but it's our first guest appearance as well. Now, bear with me, this one will be longer, but it's worth tuning in to hear our guest's story and the key takeaways that came from our discussion. Let's listen in. So yeah, I just, I did want to start and begin by just, you know, telling me more about yourself and what you've been doing uh, and what you've already done, kind of at least where I kind of picked up when we talked in the first um, phone call and then, I mean, what you've been doing since. Yeah. Um, so me, I'm, my name is Tessa Barassi. I am an IFBB bikini pro from Canada and right now I am not actively competing but i am an online women's health coach so that's just what i've been up to but i've been in the fitness industry since i was around 13 or 14 years old so almost 10 years now um and that's kind of just what i've been up to i've done powerlifting bodybuilding i've done competitive sports um i used to compete in dance and all of that kind of has attributed to what i'm doing now and how i'm helping women that's awesome yeah and so you're helping women a lot through your coaching and through the plans that you've been making for them trying to do are they doing competitions as well so i don't coach competitors i think just based off of my experience with competing there's a lot of health implications you can get from competing it's definitely not the thing you want to do if you want to better your health i understand like as a competitor myself and as an ifbb pro there is a to it and you know we make sacrifices along the way but I think every single time I prep I'm left with a lot of health issues and year after year I've come to gain a lot of experience with fixing those issues and recovering from an eating disorder that seems to come back every time I, I diet very aggressively which is quite normal in this industry but it's not normal you want to live a healthy lifestyle that word normal getting put around yeah it's normalized let's say that it's not normalized yeah yeah no i know exactly what you mean though those diets they bring it out for sure they they do they bring out um a lot of negative things and health implications like women losing their periods so through that experience um and also being a personal trainer and then a certified nutrition coach i'm able to help women kind of navigate these problems and build a healthier lifestyle that's awesome. And I'm, and that's a part of, like I said, in our other call, you know, I was saying that's part of why uh, your page attracted me to it. Cause I mean, I think that it's good to be empowering other people and, you know, in your niche, like women would be the one, the one target audience to really talk to. Um, and they need that too. Cause I mean, even the gym I go to has, um, there's just a lot of things that help make it more comfortable. Like they have a private women's section where they can have like their own space too. And there's been like more, I'm just seeing a lot more women getting in the gym and trying to better their health and uh, getting less of that uncomfortable part that sadly some men kind of put in the gym. But uh, yeah, that's, that's been good to see that it's growing and it's because I believe it's because of people like you that are actually making it 
you're normalizing that part, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I think women are coming to realize that they can be physically strong. I think that was something that, you know, kind of old fashioned was frowned upon. Like women are not supposed to be in the gym lifting weights and being strong and able to really hold their own. But now more and more women are joining this movement and becoming stronger inside and out. And I think it's very beautiful. I think very empowering. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and we, uh, we kind of met through all the fitness stuff, but also it got to that connection with where now this podcast has been made and the mental health, um, that, that physical health part helping really into the mental health part. So, um, I wanted, I was, you know, we had part of it being kind of what you thought on what you've heard from the podcast so far, cause you are the first guest. So you've only heard me by myself and, uh, just, you know, talking, talking gibberish into the mic until, until <laughs> I'm like, all right, this is a good take. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm honored to be your first guest for sure. Um, and I think that's the beautiful thing about podcasts is you can, you have this platform to be able to share with people things that have helped you, whether it's, you know, whether you're an actual practitioner sharing your knowledge or whether you're someone who's gone through severe mental health struggles or eating disorders or something like that. And you're able to share your experience for free and reach thousands to millions of people. I think it's very impactful. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I'm hoping that the reach continues further because I there's just too many people like ourselves that have gone through things like that and we're too good of people like you already know you've had friends you know family maybe even and there's just people that go through things that really we don't need to put ourselves through and we can move past with a better mindset better health and physical um, all of those things so yep. um, and Besides, so you kind of tapped into the part about the eating disorder, but kind of, and I know you said 13, 14, that's around the time I started lifting. Um, mm -hmm. That's, that's pretty much when a lot of that stuff starts too, with the mental yeah. health. So kind of what was your whole background and where, where did things kind of start? Yeah. So I was always very active as a kid. I did dance, I did track and field, I played basketball. Like I was doing a lot of sports. Um, and then I got into the gym I started to just fall in love with weightlifting. And I did my first competition prep when I was 16 years old. So going on a diet at the age of 16 and, you know, dropping down to a very low body fat level at that age, I think that's where I started to have some issues with my body and with food, um, especially after the show, you know, gaining the weight back and putting a lot of limits on what I could and couldn't eat, especially at that age. Like if you're anywhere from 13 to 18 years old and you're going on diets, like that's such a crucial part of the develop developmental phase for women and for men as well. Um, like most women start getting their periods around age 12 to 13. So getting into intense, vigorous exercise at that age could definitely impose some complications, which is what happened with me. Um, and then I just, I, I really struggled with anxiety as a teenager and also as a kid, uh, which I'm now realizing a lot in my adult life. I 
because as a kid you don't know what's going on you don't know what anxiety is you're just it's just your state of living you don't know but as an adult I'm recognizing that I had severe anxiety as a kid which went in through my teen years and bodybuilding was kind of the thing that made me feel strong enough to combat those thoughts and I'm sure it is for a lot of people except I think with me um, you know there was a few years of training in the gym and bettering myself for sure to improve my quality of life but I think I started to go to the absolute extreme with competing and I just became almost obsessed with it Um, and that's where I started to go down more of a negative path and it started to be detrimental to my health because I started sacrificing my relationships and my friendships, my time with my family, um, and also putting my body in a very unhealthy phase during some crucial parts of my, my growing up and my development as a female. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's where I started to develop a little bit of an eating disorder in my teens and struggled with anxiety throughout and depression and you know it's like if I wasn't on my competition prep I was struggling with all these mental issues because competition prep to me was almost like a distraction it took away the pain because I had such this like large objective in front of me that I was just fighting towards and as long as I didn't have to fight my own mental thoughts I was fighting something else then I was okay until over and then I had to deal with you know okay health issues food issues anxiety depression all the things came back oh yeah no I know what you mean there was like there was something I would say too when I'd come to the gym my big time was during college when I would come to the university's gym and every time I'd walk in it was just like as soon as you walk through that threshold it's like it all just kind of stays outside and then you hear you hear the weights hitting the ground, and you start to kind of get into that environment. All of a sudden, you get the headphones on, and it just all it fades away. And then you, yeah, you step right back out into reality, and yeah, uh, yeah you got to take it all again. But it does it's a it's a good therapy for sure. I think. Absolutely, I think it's good to have things where, you know, your brain isn't hyperactive thinking about what you did yesterday, thinking about the past, thinking about the future. Like, for example, when you're reading a good book, you're not thinking about anything else except what you're reading on the page. The gym is very similar. You're not really thinking about anything else except what you're doing. And it's good to give your brain a break and just be completely enthralled in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But it becomes a problem when you don't then deal with things afterwards and you kind of neglect how you feel and your anxiety and depression and everything. You just kind of push it farther and farther down by using these things as distractions. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was definitely classes I was skipping to go to the gym instead. I was like a two a days and all that. Just go to the gym again for no reason. But mm-hmm. uh, it was, it is a good way to escape in that sense. But uh, absolutely. Now. So through the teenage years you said that, and now I guess with being an adult, I feel like you've you've developed things, you've got coping skills and things you can help navigate through all of those emotions. Um, yeah. But what what exactly do you either go through now or what do you see yourself using as a way to help all the time now? Um, because I'm sure you've gotten your like reflection in the mirror one day and remembered that same past 
you know, feeling and there's always triggers. So, you know, how has that been? Yeah. So this year I really, really wanted to compete again. So last year I did my pro debut, I placed fourth in my first pro show. And obviously as an IFBB pro, there's the goal of making it to the Olympia because you're at that next level now, and this is the new challenge. So this year, I really, really, really wanted to compete and give it my everything and just gun for the Olympia. The reason I wanted to do that and why I was like so dead set on doing this is so that I could hang up my heels for a few years. Because last prep, I saw it's like all of the eating disorder, all the anxiety, all the depression, everything came to the surface after taking three years off. And I saw a side of myself that I had not seen in a very long time, like since high school, when my, when my mental illness was at its peak and I was struggling, like I never have, I saw that come out last year when I was competing. So this year I had planned to give it one more go and then I would be done. And then I could start living my life and pursue my education and become a better coach and travel and, you know, actually work on my health because last year's competition prep definitely gave me some health implications, some hormonal issues that I still need to correct. So that was my plan this year. But I noticed as I got closer and closer to the beginning of starting my prep, my whole body started to have a reaction, like anxiety, like my body was screaming at me. I was very impatient with my boyfriend. I was on edge with my friends. I was nervous. I was anxious. Like I have to, you know, get everything in before I start prep because once I'm on prep, it's almost like everything else takes a backseat. And if you've done a show before, you know, like finances take a hit, friendships take a hit, relationships, everything in your life takes a backseat to the competition prep. And that's, that's fine. Like I've literally made a career out of this, which is, you know, I owe a lot to bodybuilding, but I think with where I am now as a 23-year-old woman and a coach for so many women, and I'm helping them build healthy lifestyles, I'm able to recognize what is no longer serving me and what's not positive for, for my development, for my life. And I asked myself a really hard question these last few weeks, do I want to compete again this year? Or should I just start living my life now? Because the whole plan was, you know, compete, make it to the Olympia, and then you can live your life. And I kind of just asked myself, like, who am I competing for? Because I'm not using this as a distraction anymore. That's basically the fire that was fueling my constant drive to do shows and earn my pro card. And then after I won my pro card, I realized, you know, I missed out on a lot of time with my family members who are no longer here anymore. I lost my dad at the age of 18. Um, and a lot of time I could have spent with him, I spent prepping for shows and, you know, staying home and purposely isolating myself from these people so that I could accomplish what I accomplished. And I definitely don't regret doing that. But looking back, I'm just realizing how much I did miss out on. And I think being in my early 20s, I'm self-aware enough to realize like I could die tomorrow. My dad had a very unexpected death. He died from a brain aneurysm and that kind of changed the way that I view my own life now because I think, you know, it's not promised, it's not guaranteed for anybody. And there's so many things in my life that I want to do, 
but I haven't had a chance to do because I'm always, I'm always committed to bodybuilding and I have been since I was 16. Um, so I think what I recently just decided for myself was it's okay if I don't want to compete this year. It's okay if I want to take a break and I want to actually fix my health and travel and further my education and become a better coach and do all the things that I want to do in my life. And I don't have to wait anymore to do that. And as soon as I made that decision, it was like my entire body just relaxed. It was like some IV in me and like just gave me just this calm feeling. And I'm a huge advocate, obviously, for trusting your gut and listening to your body because your body's always trying to tell you something. And I came to the conclusion that it's okay if I don't compete this year and I, I don't have to keep living in this expectation that everybody else has of me. Like I'm a IFBB pro athlete. It's what's expected of me. I don't have to live that expectation and I can make my own choice. I have felt so in alignment with myself and my anxiety has basically gone away. I've started sleeping better at night. <laughs> I've awesome. stopped in some very negative habits like um vaping and smoking marijuana and using like substances to kind of control my anxiety mm-hmm. that's lessened a lot and i'm just really looking forward to the future because i'm actually doing something for me and my health that's positive rather yeah. than you know forcing myself in this box because of my own expectations of what i think i should be yeah yeah definitely no i and it's crazy i kept smiling and i just feel like i'm one of the penguins from madagascar smiling waving because uh, i mean you're saying so many relatable things and uh did the same i mean you you kind of especially with having because people don't know that are listening but you do have a pretty big following on instagram and on socials where um you know a lot of people are seeing the content that you post and make so that also puts a lot of pressure on you for how you look you know, how you present yourself online. Um, and yeah. it kind of starts to dominate your identity if you have a certain type of identity online because that's all you're really used to at a certain point. Um, so did you, yeah, I mean, what kind of, do you have any take on that? Like certain, I mean, it's just kind of, a. I feel like that's a little bit of a battle there because it's an on, it's a, it's, it's a separate side of yourself, but it can get so magnified because of all yeah. those followers and people that are kind of almost relying on that motivation from you. Yeah. I mean, I started my social media account at a very young age and it gained a lot of traction in my early years in bodybuilding. And oddly enough, it was before I started competing that I was the most traction because I was speaking openly about mental health. I was using like training and bodybuilding for the betterment of myself and using it as a positive outlet rather than, you know, to the extreme. And I'm not, everything I say here is not me bashing competing because 100% will step on stage again in my life. Um, But there are a lot of, you know, other sides to competing that we don't really take into account before we get into it. Yeah. With social media, of course, I've been, posting for almost 10 years about my fitness journey and I've painted this picture and this image of myself and 
some moments have been very genuine where that's actually me. Like if you see a video of me dancing or being a goofball on my Instagram, that's me 100%. But I think along the way, like when I landed my first major sponsor, which was Gymshark actually in 2018, I felt the pressure to be something that I necessarily wasn't. Um, So I started posting in a way that didn't necessarily reflect who I was. And it was who I expected myself to be. And I recently took a social media break. It was supposed to be a week long. It ended up being a few months. And through this, through this experience and this decision of me not competing this year, I actually went to my Instagram and I, you know, you can like archive multiple posts at a time. Mm-hmm. I archived over a thousand posts on my Instagram account that has 218,000 followers. And I basically just looked at myself and it felt like I was stepping outside of myself and stepping outside of this version of myself I had been living for so long, like this expectation, like I'm a competitor, I have to do this, I have to be motivational and make all this content for people to watch. And I just, I don't know if that's me anymore so when i archived all these posts sure to keep like the ones that i felt represented me and who i actually am Mm. but i think as far as social media goes it does add a lot of pressure and i had been living under that pressure for a long time with brand sponsorships and trying to be marketable and wanting people to see me for this version of myself that i expected to be but i think making the decision to not compete and live my life i was on google flights looking up trips to italy archiving all my posts on instagram like i could feel a big shift happening Mm -hmm. and recognize that it's okay if i don't want to play that person anymore it's okay to actually follow what feels good for me and what's going to help me live my happiest life instead of just you know playing playing dance monkey on instagram (laughs) for what people want yeah, that's actually and that's actually a good song i don't know if you know it is a good song, <laughs> Great song. um but uh no that that is exactly how it felt the same i mean after um just to relate more it's just after the injury for me it took me way out it took me way out of that whole perspective of bodybuilding and just following because i was doing classic physique and wanting to chase that um aesthetic and then just you don't have your arm for a few months and you have to sit around and just let the weight change and shift and then uh you also had i had a show at one point too that i was going to do but my eating disorder got in the way of that and then uh so had people prepared to go to that show but didn't go you know you 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 have people expecting that identity and then they almost get disappointed and you start to see who's really following you who's really on your side and uh it kind of weeds out kind of the front or the fakeness that is online um so that's what i've seen too in the shift is a lot of people are engaging more and being more in tune with who they follow what they follow because they don't want just something random on their feed anymore it's kind of very specific i've noticed since they've got like everyone kind of has their bubble now on social media so I mean, you can choose not to have it, 
but it's got all of it kind of made so that it's tailored to you. Um, yeah. So, but, <clears throat> but basically when it came to um, making that shift, there's other things like, I mean, for myself, I do meditation. I do um, just breath work, certain things like that. What Do you do anything besides, say, the gym that anything else that kind of helps uh, be as a therapy or, you know, something that helps with you and your mental health? Yeah. So every morning I love to do a gratitude journal. This is something that I help my clients start to practice because I really believe it does help reframe the way that you go about your day. So I have a journal and I do this before I do anything. So before I start working, before I start putting out everyone else's fire, um, I <laughs> I open my journal one side, I make an actual journal entry. I just kind of let my feelings flow and I talk about what I'm excited for in life and maybe things that I'm upset about that I need to work through. And then the other page is where I write my gratitude and I just reflect on the things that I do have. Like, you know, I'm grateful that I'm in this new home because I grew up in a home that was falling apart. Um, so I'm grateful for, you know, having a good roof over my head. I'm grateful for having food in the fridge. I'm grateful for the people in my life now. Um, I think expressing gratitude is very important. And another thing I like to do is I like to go on walks and go outside and listen to podcasts, which is where this kind of comes into play because I listen to a lot of podcasts about bettering yourself and mental health and I think what that does is it helps me realize that the way that I feel sometimes is very normal and it's almost universal. Like everybody goes through struggles in their life and it helps me kind of take the magnifying glass off of my issues and realize, you know, bump, bumps in the road are very normal. We all go through them and I don't necessarily always need to make a mountain out of a molehill. Um, of course, if you have like severe things happening in your life, that's another thing. In that case, I would probably recommend seeing a therapist which I've done a few times um, but there's a lot of different ways that I like to address my mental health and work on my mental health and a part of that is also through creativity so I really love to draw I, I know a lot of bodybuilders actually love to draw. yeah yeah it's very common um, I love to draw I love to read it's one of my favorite things to do um, I love to write. So sometimes not even journaling, but just like writing. Yeah. I think that being creative is a way to kind of tap into an area of your brain that we often neglect mm -hmm. our brain from our childhood, where we used to be creative and sing and dance and draw all the time. I think it's very important to keep that alive. And I think it's yeah. very beneficial to your mental health. Yeah. And especially so like with the whole back when we would actually be carefree and when we wouldn't mind what we did or who saw, you know, that was when we were kids. And when we tap into that creativity, it's almost like you're kind of going back to that feeling of like, I don't care what I paint, what I draw, what I write. This is like freedom right now. And yeah. it kind of, that anxiety does go away. And it's funny you say that because the first person that came up to my mind was Kai Green. Like yeah. all of his paintings are amazing. Um, and he dances and all of that too. But um, then I also, so I don't know if you've gotten to see too, there are um, some photography things and some graphic design stuff that I've been trying to do for hopefully people to see soon that uh, puts it into that perspective of 
even even the bad stuff i mean even if it's like super cloudy outside and there's storms and lightning like i want to capture that too because it's all part of it and that universal idea too that what you were literally you just said it too it's something that everyone can can relate to so um that's a big part of what i'm trying to hopefully do with you as well through the collaboration and um keep trying to show people that it's common it's normal um we all go through these things no matter whether we start down here or we start up here um and we have our different battles that we're picking it just it's up to us to choose to to not fight them or you know i mean there's a lot of things too that i feel like you were talking about um and we we tend to make a choice at some point where we just let go of those things and it's just up to us how long we hold on really you know and it's uh something but I, I i hear it and i that's what one thing i could take from it too is for other people it's it's you got to choose when to just let go of certain things and move on change the chapter turn the page and uh you've definitely been doing that so i'm glad you're doing that thank you it's yeah. crazy to think about how hard we try and hold on to things sometimes um and sometimes you have to let go of who you were to become who you want to be and that's very hard for some people like incredibly hard because we base our entire identity around these things so to lose your identity you're kind of stepping into this unknown you don't know who you are and that's that's terrifying for a lot of people because we identify with so many things Mm -hmm. but I've been doing lately and a lot of the podcasts I've been listening to have been about the specific type of meditation where you remove all things that you identify with and you you are just an, an observer of your own thoughts because you are just a, a consciousness at the end of the day mm-hmm. that is a form of energy in this world. Um, and, you know, the materialistic things we identify with, like all the things in our life that builds who we are, that gives us personality, identity. But when we take all those things away, we're just a consciousness in a body. And I think sometimes you need to ask the question, like, how am I going to take care of this vessel today? How am I going to take care of this body that I'm in? Because I am, I am this consciousness who is aware that I am alive and I will not be here forever. Obviously, like my energy will be here forever, but this body's not going to be here forever. So how can I take care of this today? Yeah, exactly. No, exactly right. And I don't know if you can see it because I know you're on your phone. There's a whiteboard back here that's got a little bit of something on it. And uh, so I write these things that are affirmations or just things to remind myself, something to keep up to just, you know, have there Um, because I'm a very visual person. So when I see it, it helps. And uh, one of them says to love without attachment. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a bit I mean, and that doesn't have to be just love, but attachment in general. it says you can lose anything or anyone any day. So stay prepared for that kind of situation too at the same time. And that comes into like the unconditional thought of love and what that is. And I, I mean that in all levels of it too, just even with an acquaintance with a family member. But uh, it does help when you, like you're saying in the meditation, that you just you separate completely and... That's where I think I think a lot about minimalism, too, where it's just mm-hmm. you go down to the bare minimum things you need and you just kind of see 
what your own mind and consciousness starts to want and long mm-hmm. for because then you really see that's where that self kind of really comes out and you start to notice who you're <clears throat> who you're living for whether it's yourself or other people so yeah. uh, exactly yeah. and that that ties into my decision that I recently made about not competing because I was like this is part of my identity yes it's what people expect of me but I also don't have to live that story anymore I can I can literally change my story and my path at any time and having that thought I just made me feel so free because competition prep is also very expensive I did the numbers for this year and it was looking around because obviously as an IFBB pro there's there's shows everywhere but they're all in the states and I'm in Canada so to fly to stay for accommodation for all the food and the coaching this prep would probably be well over ten thousand dollars you'd think as a once you earn your pro card you know it would be a little less but it's almost like you pay more um thinking about that and i was like what could i do with ten thousand dollars and i started looking up trips to italy (laughs) (laughs) because i i'm italian i have family in italy and i've never always wanted to go my mom speaks fluent italian and I just became obsessed with this thought of my mom and I going to Italy to see our family and experiencing that part of our culture and being able to really feel that. And it's it's part of who I am. And I've always wanted to experience that. And I just thought, instead of paying $10,000 to do this competition prep where, you know, I'm not even 100% sure I want to do this, I could go to Italy and I could stay there for a very long time with my family and I could have these experiences and just really live my life and experience new things instead of just replaying the same story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm excited to see what you're about to do with your life and what chapters next. Cause I mean, that also is going to create just a different version of you on your s- social media identity and what we all see. Um, okay. And I definitely think, I mean, we'll, we'll probably, I mean, I'd, I'd say we're about around wrapping it up, but we would, I'd say have maybe another episode sometime, you know, you could come on again and maybe either have more time or talk about something else. Cause I know, um, all of this stuff is going to be big for you. It's going to change a lot and you're going to have a different experience out of this other than what you've been used to. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that's exciting to hear about later as well. And you said, you, you have the goal to travel. What were the other ones? So improving my education. That's one that is very important to me. Obviously, when you're on a competition prep, it's, it's hard. Like if you've ever uh, competed while being in school, oh my goodness, the I have the most respect for you. I've done it and it is, it's so incredibly hard because when you're competing, obviously your resources are limited, your brain function is limited. So trying to absorb and apply new knowledge is incredibly difficult um and in my coaching with women something that i i've always wanted to dive more into and become kind of like a specialist in is dealing with hormones because it's something that we like women struggle with a lot uh, with their menstrual cycles if they've had a history of dieting i want to be able to assess the situation and immediately know what to do yeah. um not saying that i I don't do that right now, but there's, you know, there's always room for improvement in every single thing that you do. So I think 
I'm just really excited to learn more and to study and to become the best coach that I can be and help more and more women. I think that yeah. what I want to do, that's like my driving factor in life right now is helping. Yeah, absolutely. Same. Exactly. And I think yeah. you, I mean, now the biggest thing I want to kind of at the end of this too, to say is the takeaway is really you even in dieting, you know, you can see it this way and you can see it in the gym. Um, if I like, for example, you know, you eat a certain way versus I have to lift a certain way now because of the injury. Um, you have to accommodate to who you are and you have to also know who you are. So if you don't know who you are, you have to really separate and get down to the minimal so you can find that and then um, start to put the pieces together and grow. But you cannot do that on false foundation or just applying, you know, applying the brick to only one side of the house. Like, you know, you got to take care of all of it. So I think that's the big thing we've gotten out of this, too. Um, do you have anything else? Um. That's a very good question. I mean, I feel obviously in later episodes, we're going to dive more into more things. Absolutely. I feel like this is, I feel like we talked about a lot today and I'm, I'm really happy that you had me on this podcast today. I'm glad I had you too. I think it was a good one. I, uh, I did not know how it was going to go because of how much I script things, but I'm glad that it, uh, it worked out well. And so there you have it, everyone. That was my interview with Tessa Baresi. Um, some of you may even think this is a very random guest to have, and uh, maybe so. You know, she actually, our background, I, uh, I followed her, and we were both in the fitness industry, if that's what you want to say. Um, she definitely was doing a lot more um, chasing sponsorships, chasing shows, doing a lot more than I was, but definitely inspiration even as a male uh, she is always added in the gym and always competing so very inspirational and uh, so whenever I followed her she also had a lot about mental health and at that time I was going through something and she somehow ended up on the phone with me and we just talked and just a random person all the way in Canada happened to help me out when I needed it so, Tessa, I do want to say, if you are listening to this, thank you so much for what you did in the past and what you do now and what you do for all the women and other followers that you have. It's uh, great that I had you on, and I'm glad you were my first guest. And I thank you all for listening. So tune in on next Wednesday's episode of Above the Clouds for more great things like this. Thank you.